All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. It's your brother Ben X, which simply means peace be unto you. I got my brother D1 uh, music on. As you can see, uh, what we're going to do first, uh, brothers and sisters, we're going to watch his new uh, video called Corona Clap uh, and kind of give a little commentary and see his mind, his creative mindset about that. Then we're going to go into his history upbringing, uh, growing up in New Orleans, uh, actually being a basketball player as well. It's crazy. Uh, I guess this week is basketball week. I interviewed another brother who was an entrepreneur, brother Cooley's CEO. He was a, uh, he was a basketball player. My man Steve Canal, I didn't even know he played basketball until the actual interview, the podcast. So that was cool. And then, of course, I played basketball as well. So I guess this uh, basketball entrepreneurship week, man. So let's get into it uh, right now. Let's check out the song. I said I'm trying to stay safe, won't it please believe? But that corona make it hard for a player to breathe. Don't wash your hands, you might catch it, won't it? And you stuck. Right now, them tickets to Jamaica only 15 bucks. I'm trying to quarantine myself. I'm staying inside. The NBA canceled on me, man. I'm feeling deprived. I'm out of time. Well, as y'all can see, man, that's our brother D1, man, with the creativity, with the message, man. What was the what was the creative mindset behind that, man? The mayor of my city, New Orleans, Louisiana, Mayor Latoya Cantrell, DM'd me, my brother. She DM'd me on the ground. I looked, I said, what is my mayor doing DMing me? She said, D, can you please make a public service announcement to your fans and your followers urging them to stay inside? The coronavirus is spreading at an unprecedented rate here in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, mayor? I'm going to do you one better. I don't want to do a PSA. They, they might not even listen to that. They might keep scrolling. But I'm going to do a song. And there's a chance that if this song connects with them, that it'll not only reach them, but that they'll spread that message as well because they'll be entertained by the song. So I decided to come up with the Corona Clap song. And uh, here we are. You know, at this point, it's, it's reached millions of people, man. Between Facebook, YouTube, it has millions and millions of views. Wow, that's what's up, man. So uh, how is the, the current state uh, of the coronavirus in New Orleans right now? So right now we are growing at the fastest rate in the world, unfortunately, man. Uh, it pains me to say that, but we had Mardi Gras down here in New Orleans like two or three weeks prior to the first coronavirus case being um, <clears throat> being documented. And Mardi Gras brought down 1.4 million tourists, you heard me? And because of that, uh, it's believed that a lot of them already were, were infected. So now it's just been spreading. So unfortunately... Um, uh, we're being plagued by this uh, at a faster rate than anyone else. Fortunately, though, um, we as New Orleanians and we as black people specifically, I can speak, man, we we used to the struggle. You feel me? And we've been through Hurricane Katrina. We've been through hard times our whole lives. So we're not panicking right now. This is when leaders need to step up. Indeed. So uh, with y'all being the fastest growing city, what advice are y'all getting about um, kind of combating with the uh, with the coronavirus? The main thing is just to stay inside. And it's very simple, but it makes people feel uh, restricted to a certain degree. They feel like they want their freedom and they feel like they still want to be able to do things on their own terms. But right now, that's how you truly save lives is to keep your butt inside, man. Like, like stop playing with this thing. It's serious. Um, everyone who I know at this point either has a family member or a friend who has uh, contracted the coronavirus, man. So, mm. so that's... That's scary right there. So we're urging people to stay inside and, you know, quarantine and chill, you know, whatever that means for you. You know, just quarantine and chill right now, man. <laughs> yes, sir. So let's get into your um, your background a little bit, man. Did you start off being a rapper? Uh, I also know that you were a teacher as well. What was your upbringing like? Yeah, so I grew up down here in New Orleans East. And honestly, growing up, I was just a fan of hip hop. Um I was into sports. I played every sport that you can think of except for golf growing up. So uh, basketball, baseball, football, bowling, tennis, swimming, did all this stuff growing up. Um, by the time I was about to graduate high school, I had some college um, offers for academics, but also for athletics. And I chose to go to LSU, uh, Louisiana State University, not to play basketball, because that's where my girlfriend was going at the time, you know. So I was, I was, I was in love. I was head over heels and trying to maintain a relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, basketball was my second priority. So I was going to try to walk on the team at LSU. Got to college and it didn't work out that way. I got cut from the team. 
my girlfriend cheated on me with a football player and um and and my world just got rocked. I said, man, I done lost both of the things I was most passionate about, wow. basketball and my girl. So at that point, uh, I turned to hip-hop as a form of therapy. You know, I had never been in to get professional therapy before, but I was just going through a lot. My best friend got murdered that year as well, and that made it that made it to where I have all these things I'm dealing with mentally that are um, that are like, reshaping my identity of how I view myself, man. Like, like I didn't, I didn't feel as confident as I, as I felt in years prior because everything that I thought loved me or that was around me had got taken away. So, um, I turned to music then as a form of therapy. And the first time I did a talent show on campus, I lost the talent show. I didn't come in first, second or third place, but I did win the ultimate battle, which was, I realized how powerful that weapon called a microphone was. And I realized that if I get onto the microphone with the right head space and with the right message, I have the ability to influence the masses with whatever that message is. So that's when I started working diligently at my craft after that first talent show when I lost. And um, and ever since then, it's been up, you know. So I graduated college. Um, I became a teacher. Like you said, I was a math teacher, middle school math, as well as uh, life skills. And while teaching, it reinforced to me the importance of being able to uh, keep our youth engaged uh, outside of the classroom. So I could have their attention in school, but when they leave school, what has their attention? Oftentimes, it's these phones right here, and it's music, you know? So I was like, man, nobody from New Orleans, nobody, not one person I grew up listening to has a positive message in their music. No one is 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 uh, glorifying, you know, being a man of God or, or, or uh, prioritizing education or understanding that it's not cool to kill ourselves. And I said, well, you know what? Um, I feel like I was called to be able to play that role, especially for my city and my community. So that's when uh, I stopped teaching and, and I started doing the music full time. At first, it was a leap of faith because I wasn't monetizing it at all. I hadn't made any money from being D1 the rapper, but I learned how to turn it into a business and not just uh, a passion. So I turned that passion into a business started to understand the different revenue streams from selling CDs out the trunk of my car, literally, to being able to do shows and get paid to do shows, to having merchandise that I could have online and apparel, um, to forming partnerships with bigger brands. And I started to understand the business side and I was self-taught. Uh, and I had a lot of great mentors that came before me that I could look at. And, uh, and here we are, man. Uh, things have continued to grow and grow. And by the grace of God, uh, I maintain my integrity the whole time, which was most important. So the success is synonymous with the uh, with the path I took, which is being real, righteous, and relevant the whole time. Wow. As I listen to that, I, I don't think you stopped being the teacher. I think you elevated being the teacher because now you're reaching more people uh, than you would in the first place. I know uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, one rap song is worth more than 100 or 1,000 sermons. So you yes. can listen to T.D. Jake, so we can listen to the minister and a lot of people may listen to them, but that youth that we're talking about, they're going to remember your song, that, that, that song that we just played before they listen to a lecture or remember a lecture from last Sunday. So I think you just uh, uh, got right down to the modern time with that particular teaching. Uh, like Chicago, New Orleans is always known you know, to be a tough city to grow up in, as you stated, not a lot of positive music like that. Um, how were you able to survive growing up uh, and make it through in a city like that? Uh, honestly, I was able to do it by, um, by having two amazing mentors in my house. I had my mother and my father and, and I didn't realize how rare that was, um, in our community, in the black community until I got a little older and I was like, man, that's not the norm for everyone. And, and I, I look back at what, what kept me so balanced and it was having that masculine and that feminine energy. It was having that nurturing uh, energy of my mother, but also having that hard work and go get a mentality energy that my father had. And that insulated me with love, you know? So even though I grew up in a war zone, uh, I grew up in the goose. So anybody from New Orleans that's watching this, they know about the goose. It's self-explanatory. Like it's, 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 it's not nice, but inside of my house, it was definitely four walls of love. And that made it to where I have this balance about me that's able to relate to people from any walk of life because although I grew up in this one neighborhood, my parents sent me to a school that was across town to where I was like, yo, 
these people are, some of them are millionaires at this school. You know, I'm at school with, with Asian, white, black, Hispanic, everyone. So I have a perspective that people in my neighborhood don't have because I was exposed to more, you know. And, and I also had something to offer those people at that school because I came from a background that a lot of them couldn't relate to. Right. So, you know, I realized that at an early age, man. And um, I learned the ability to embrace my story and 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 utilize that as 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 my business card to say hey this is this is me and I'm going to be authentically myself this is everything I've been through uh, I'm not going to run from my past I'm going to embrace it and that'll be my calling card to opening doors in the future so you know I'm I'm thankful for that bro I went to Africa when I was a teenager um me being able to go to Africa that's a perspective that I have that no one else around me had to be able to go to Ghana, to be able to go to Almina Slave Castle, to be able to understand the sacrifices that our brothers and sisters in the motherland make just to be able to get an education. It, it allowed me to come back here and say, man, I'm sitting here joking and fooling around in class when there's counterparts that I have across this water that honestly, they, they, they're willing to leave their families just to have the opportunity to get an education. Mm. So. Who am I to come back and take this opportunity for granted? So that's all would play it into like, why did you always take school so serious, D? Why did you have good grades? Man, it's because I saw more than what than what my friends saw. Mm, that's important right there. How were you able to relate or adapt when you came from the goose and then you got uh this this other community that's not 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 built like that? They got people who millionaires. How are you able to relate to them? And then how were you able to relate to where you was from, although you went to a school that didn't have that type of environment? Yep. It's because I realized that in both environments, I could be myself and my personality was something that was able to fit in anywhere. So it wasn't about trying to adapt to the environment. It was about knowing who I was. Mm. One thing I noticed about myself from a young age I said, man, I like to smile a lot. I like to I like to give off good energy. I never felt comfortable in pictures, mean mugging or throwing my middle finger up or, you know, just what I see some of my friends doing. I was like, I'm hanging with these dudes and these are all my boys, but I'm just in a happy mood right now. So because I'm in a good mood, let me uh let me embrace that about myself and whatever environment I'm in, let me bring that positive light about myself. Um I never wanted to be one to pick on other people. So, you know, there's always, whatever school you go to, there's always going to be the the people that get made fun of, you know, always. But I grew up getting picked on at five years old. You know, I had to uh, experience bullying as a kindergartner. So when it got to that point where um, I was able to overcome that and I ended up getting into a fight with this dude in kindergarten who would bully me a lot. And once, once I got into a fight and I beat the dude up, we became best friends. And after that, I had a desire to never want to see anyone else get bullied, man. So um, in high school and beyond, whenever I would see the people that it's like, okay, these are the ones that people make fun of a lot. I never wanted to be that guy that would make fun of people. I wanted to embrace those people. So once I realized that there were just things about me that didn't want to ostracize others or be mean or cruel towards others, I just embraced those qualities. And that's been able to be my calling card in both of those environments. So in the hood or at, at school across town, people were able to appreciate, like, you know what? David is just a good dude, man. Like, David don't mean anybody any harm. Like, he just a, he just a, a good dude, a nice dude. And they say the good guys finish last, but uh, I haven't come in last in a long time, bro. And, and I try to be one of the good guys, you feel me? Being that you talked about taking those pictures and you wanted to smile while everybody else had their middle finger up, what advice would you give to a young brother who fears his community? Um, he's growing up in the hood and every it's almost like prison sometimes. They say, you know, when you go to prison, you're trying to be hard so nobody try you and nobody try to, you know, punk you and, and, and bully you like you kind of talked about um, a, a little bit. What advice would you give to him when everybody around him is on this hood stuff? Everybody is around him on this drug stuff, but he just he wants to be positive. And, you know, he doesn't want to be that sore thumb that everybody looks at and say, let me take advantage of him. So what I did was I adapted the mentality where I flipped that old phrase that I'm a product of my environment. I flipped that to say my environment is a product of me. Mm. And because of that, I always knew that if you're a man of God, if you're a woman of God, 
if you're a change agent, it's supposed to feel like an uphill battle because you're trying to bring about something that isn't inherently present in your environment. You're trying to bring about positive change. So it's supposed to feel like an uphill battle, but I learned to celebrate those wins on a one-by-one basis when it's like, you know what? I know that not everybody in here wants to be mad, angry, cruel, um, hateful, you know, towards one another, towards our environment. But we we conditioned, especially in the black community, to feel like that's part of what comes along with being a black man growing up. Like we're conditioned to think that that's the definition of masculinity is you got to be able to beat everybody up around you. You got to be able to kill whatever's walking and don't show any weakness or any vulnerability. Man, I learned early on, like my role models, like my pops and my grandfather, they, they, they never, they never in, in their wildest dreams wanted to steal something that wasn't theirs. Mm-hmm. They never wanted to inflict harm upon someone just because. Now, it's different when you're protecting your loved ones and you're protecting what's yours, but they never wanted to go out there and take out internal struggles they may be having or what they're going through at work or whatever on other people. So the respect for my fellow man is something that I learned from my father and my grandfather early on. So I think I just carried that with me. You feel me? Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, What can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com, www.whatisabstribe.com. Speaking there, speaking of your 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 father and grandfather, um, a lot of people, like you said, don't have their uh, fathers in their life. I myself don't even. I the, my biological father had um, I had my dad present, uh, but my biological father, I didn't meet him till he was in his casket, um, and I didn't never. I don't even like. I don't even know my grandfather's like first and last. Well, first name, and so somebody who's in a condition like that to where they don't have a father or a grandfather. How did you learn from them? Was it them sitting you down, teaching you, or was it just like, okay, I'm observative and I'm noticing these things and I'm picking it up? How did you learn from them? Bro, that's such an amazing question um, because my father is not much of a verbal communicator. Mm-hmm. My dad had never sat me down and was like, all right, D, um, we're going to have this talk today about how to respect everyone in the environment around you. We're going to have this talk today about how to be financially literate and be smart with your money. We're going to have this talk today about how to respect women. I never had one of those talks with my daddy. Me and my daddy never talked about sex, the birds and the bees, nothing, bro, now that I think about it. But you know what? I saw my daddy be a faithful husband to my to my mom my whole life. I saw how he treated her how he woke up at four o'clock in the morning every day without a college degree, without, uh, you know, uh, higher level education. I saw how he learned a trade and became a welder and would drive an hour to get to work every day, weld for 12 hours and then drive back and still make it to my baseball and my basketball games. So I learned by his example more than by his words. <clears throat> With my grandfather, he's more of a verbal communicator. So I learned by his example, but also we sit down. And to this day, man, my grandfather is 89 years old, and we still have amazing conversations that I cherish so much, bro, because he's able to contextualize what he's doing and the heart behind why he's doing it. And that that communication style really has resonated with me very well my whole life. And I think I picked up on that, and that's how I choose to teach people in my life as well. I want to show you through example, but I also want to verbalize why I'm doing what I'm doing so that so that you can learn it both ways by seeing and by hearing. That's interesting because the minister said in one of his lectures one time, he says uh, the word train actually means to lead uh, by example. 
And so a lot of times, you know, I was listening to T.D. Jakes one time and he said, yes, we got to have mentors, but we also need models. We need somebody that's in front of us that we can learn from. And my favorite quote from the uh, from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is you never have to condemn a dirty glass. Just put a clean one next to it. And that leads me to my next question. When you talked about you don't let the you, you don't become a product of your environment, your environment basically becomes a product of you or your particular uh, mindset. So do you have any examples of somebody who was in the streets and they said and they started to look at you, they started to observe you and your energy changed them by just your example? Bro, that's probably about 30 percent of my fan base is uh is uh, brothers like that who are who are like D. Um, I got put onto your music when I was in prison. Mm. Um, you know, I do a lot of prison ministry. So it'll be brothers who have seen me come behind those four walls and speak to them and really tell my story and uplift and inspire them. And then afterwards, through them seeing the consistency that like I've turned down record deals, I've done I've done things that most other rappers wouldn't do if they were just in it for the money or the instant gratification. Um, and these people have have become lifelong supporters of my movement. It's called Mission Vision. You know, it's a whole mentality, bro. It's a lifestyle that uh, that comes along with what I do. And it's called Mission Vision. Mission Vision is about understanding what your purpose is in life, understanding how to identify your slingshot and use that slingshot to defeat the Goliaths in this world. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Just like David defeated Goliath with a slingshot, it's the same mentality, brother. It's like we all have gifts, we have talents, we have passions, and it's our goal to identify what they are and figure out how to use them to defeat the many Goliaths that are pervasive in this world, like racism, like depression, anxiety, discrimination, uh, police brutality, uh, the coronavirus, you heard me, like all these Goliaths in the world. So, yeah, there's plenty examples of uh, of of that that I hear every day. And I think that that is the, that's the fuel that keeps my fire burning is understanding how many people are truly inspired by my, uh, by my consistent approach to my craft and to the lifestyle that I try to adhere to, because I'm not perfect either. Um, and because I understand my own mortality and I understand my own, um, insecurities that I have and my imperfections, it still is humbling to see how God can use even such a flawed man to, to reach so many. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful, bro. I'm thankful for that. Being that your name is also David, did you embody that story of, of David and Goliath? Did you like embody that and say, yeah, that he, he living in me. So when I'm going through something, that's, that's the mindset that I'm going to have. That's the name of my first album. I embodied that from the beginning of my music career, bro. That's the name of my first album. It's called David and Goliath. And after that, I said, you know what? I'm going to continue to embody it. So I put out two mixtapes called Psalms of David, because, you know, David wrote most of the Psalms uh, in the Bible. So Psalms of David, volume one, Psalms of David, volume two. Then I kept going and I signed a major label record deal with RCA Records. And my debut album on RCA, I called it Slingshot David. So I have definitely embodied the, uh, the, the story that comes along with who David was and understanding how David was able to uh, to be a man after God's own heart, you know, although he was imperfect. So, yes, I, I definitely have uh, embodied that. I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that uh, there's power in the name and I'm blessed that I was given the name David. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think that's coincidence at all. How do you uh, what, what do you think the root of your such belief in God is that you go to church every Sunday, that you go to a lot of Bible studies. What is it that gives you so much strength and, and faith in God? Yeah. So growing up, I grew up Catholic. Um, I grew up Catholic just because it was tradition here in New Orleans. You got a bunch of black Catholics, you know, who just you go to church because your mom, your grandma, they they tell you that that's what's right to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that uh I had knowledge of God growing up, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And that's totally different to have knowledge of versus having a relationship with. So because of that, it wasn't until I got to college and my world started crashing in on me. Like I told you, cut from the basketball team, girlfriend cheat on me, get get the news that my best friend gets murdered. You know, uh, these things made me realize that Everything in this world and everything of this world that I try to build an identity on, it can eventually either let me down or 
be taken away from me. And I was like, if I'm going to have a foundation that I'm going to live my life on, these principles have to be something that are immovable. And that's when I started to desire more of a relationship with God. You feel me? And and that relationship with God uh, started as a child because my, my family gave me a foundation. But it 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 continued to mature on my own when nobody was making me have to do any of this stuff. And and I think that that's when uh, lessons stick with us the most. You know, you could try to tell somebody something as much as you want, but it's not until it has um, uh, a practical uh, use in their life or it's not until those lessons are applicable to their world that they really take heed to like, man, I need to, you know, I need to apply what I've been getting told all these years. So that's what happened for me, bro. Life started crashing, and um, and God was like, "I'm here. I'm I'm still here. I'm still I'm still loving you as much as I was prior to any of this stuff. I'm still here, and this is all I need from you. You know, um, give me your life. Give me your talents. Uh, give me your attention. Give me your 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 focus." And I was like, "Bet I, I would love to do that." So, for our brothers and sisters who are lost uh, or feel that they are lost out here, and uh, they want to get a better relationship with God. What advice would you give them to start that process of building that relationship with God? Right. So I was uh I was once I was once a person who who felt like life could be um fulfilling by just racking up a bunch of stats, a mm-hmm. bunch of personal achievements, you know? And the world is trying to trick us right now to make us believe that if we accumulate enough accomplishments and enough degrees and enough money in the bank that will be fulfilled. But at the end of the day, there's this little voice, there's this little feeling on the inside of us that we all get when we know that we have inner peace. And and that inner peace will never, never fully be um, quenched. That thirst will never be quenched if we don't have that relationship with God. Because honestly, we're not of this world. You know, this, this like, n- none of us were birthed just from the earth. You feel me? Like, like we all, we all have a spirit and our spirit is not anything that this world could have given us. So we're not, if we're not fulfilling the needs of that spirit, then we'll never fully feel um, accomplished or we'll never feel complete. And if someone wants to start that journey, I would say first and foremost, you have to think about life and you have to understand why are we here? And that's a heavy question to ask yourself. I read a book, it's called The Purpose Driven Life. And the book really changed my mentality because I started to realize that I'm not even down here to compete with everybody else and run the same race that they're running for who can get a million dollars first and who can uh, who can you know be uh, this well known or get this many followers. Man, that's for y'all. That's for y'all. And it's not to say I don't need money, not to say that I don't like success, but I'm not even running that race. And once once I realized that. Bro, I felt so much pressure taken off of me. I felt so much pressure taken off of me because I was like, wait, I'm not in the same rat race as everyone else. And that piece that I instantly felt from there, I said, okay, so what race am I in? And I had to get back to the origins of everything. And I'm like, if God created us, if God is omnipresent and omnipotent, then we have to think about what matters to God and live our lives according to those standards. So the best time to do that would be right now, brother. Because guess what? We ain't got nothing to do and nowhere to go. You, you need, we're going to be sitting our butts inside for a minute. And the distractions that come along with being busy all the time are no longer prevalent in our lives. So while we have this time, don't think that the coronavirus is just a corona coincidence. You feel me? Like there's context that we can give to everything, bro. And I look at uh, from an optimist point of view, I look at. If this is what's needed to make a lot of people sit down and look around them and start to prioritize family and start to prioritize faith and start to say, whoa, um, I was taking these things for granted prior to me having to sit my butt down. Mm -hmm. Then you know what? We can come out better and stronger after this because adversity always has the opportunity. Adversity provides the opportunity to strengthen unity. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm standing on, bro. So, of course, we're facing adversity in the world right now. But don't be a fool and think that this is not an opportunity for us to be stronger and more unified after this as a human race. So, yeah, bro, um, you know, you spoke about Minister Farrakhan earlier. And my first time meeting a minister, um, it was it was 
it was amazing because I didn't know uh, how in tune with hip hop culture he was until until we met and he was quoting some of my lyrics to me and wow. and yeah and and he was he was reinforcing the journey that I'm on and 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 edifying my spirit in a way that I said you know what um, it's not meant for everyone to understand the mindset of a trailblazer but if you know that your heart is pure and that your intentions are with uh, providing for the people and and making God proud then. You just have to go with your move a lot of times. And when you get that validation from from people that are wise, such as the minister, and just from the right people respecting what you do, that should be all you need. Because right now, it's a lot of noise on these phones, man. It's a lot. I put the corona clap out. It's reached millions of people. It's been out for less than a week. Reached millions of people. Um inspiring people to stay inside, entertaining them, giving them something to do. They could dance to the song. But of course, if I pay attention to this, there's people that's uh, criticizing it and saying, oh, you're trying to capitalize in a moment where we're going through a lot. Or, you know, this song, uh, like, how you thinking about music at a time like this? And it's like, like you said, bro, people don't understand, man, I was a teacher before any of this. So I have to, I have to recognize that, um, Everyone who you're trying to teach, even when I gave the perfect lesson to my class, it's what I call the 28 and 2 rule. If I had 30 students in my class, no matter how good my lesson was, there were always at least two students who were not going to be engaged and wouldn't pay attention and would not be internalizing what I was teaching, no matter how great my lesson was. And I had to ask myself, um, do I do I criticize myself and, and get down on myself? for not being able to reach those two or do I edify and continue to educate the 28 who I'm obviously reaching and do I say you know what I still have empathy and compassion for the other two but maybe I'm not the teacher that's going to fully connect with them but that's why we have a whole staff because maybe a teacher will you feel me so I don't believe in giving up on anybody like no every 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 sheep is important you know what I mean we don't want to see anyone stray but understanding that you're not supposed to deviate from the path that you're on just because you have some naysayers and some detractors. You heard me? That's good, man. Um, That's real good. Are there any situations that you're willing to share that you struggle with in life um, that you overcame, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, um, being in this music industry, bro, I I struggled with depression for the first time in my life, man, a few years ago. Um, I had just signed my major label record deal, and I was getting more exposure than ever. I'm on BET. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm on the BET Hip Hop Awards. I'm in the Cipher. Um, I'm I'm going to do Sway in the morning. Uh, um, and I'm and I'm I'm starting to get all these big looks. And I started to, I started to become more concerned with what I thought people wanted to hear from me, as opposed to. What's the mission that God has placed me on and what am I in this industry to do? Because mm. I'm supposed to be a change agent. And I and I lost it for a moment, bro. And and that that little bit of confusion, you'll be surprised, Ben, how um that that those moments of confusion can make it to where you squander big opportunities. And you have huge opportunities that obviously came from God, but because, you know, they say a, a man who's double minded is uh is unstable in all his ways, you know what I mean? And because you're not focused on why you were given these looks and these opportunities, you'll squander big, uh, big opportunities that that you could have had to uh, to do God's work. And that's what I did, man. And I and I I firmly feel like I took some L's and I messed some opportunities up. Um, and once I realized that, man, uh, it hurt me so much because um, as an athlete or as an entertainer. You know, we're made to feel like there's this window and there's this narrow box of what success looks like. And you have to achieve that success in this amount of time. And and if, if you mess up, you know, it's gone because they're already working on the newer, younger, next version of you to come behind you. You feel me? And in my head, I started really dealing with depression because um, I started to feel like, dang, um, I gave up so much to, to put myself in this position to win. And um, and I and I took some L's, you know, in some of my biggest games, you know, some of my biggest opportunities. I don't feel like I uh, I don't feel like I, I I hit a home run with it. And that stuff really started to just permeate my mental man. And uh, and I started uh, 
man, I started kind of playing suicide at one time, bro, because mm. uh, because there was a there was a there was an infatuation I had with um with just being successful uh so much that that I become a different person, and I was like, wait, I never got into this stuff for the stats, you know, by the world standards. I got into this stuff um, so that God could be honored in what I'm doing, no matter how big the platform is. And and I lost focus of that, bro. I, I lost focus, and and I was and I was confused. I was like, why why do I just feel like I'm turning into another another person in the music industry? Because by no means was David just another soldier in the army. You feel me? Mm. Um, uh, so by no means should D1 ever just be another dude that's out here rapping or something. And uh, and I had to I had to slow down. I had to gain my focus back. And depression is not a thing where you take a pill one day and the next day you wake up you're like oh I'm good like that stuff cured me. You know what I mean? Um, um, depression uh, is something that depending on how deep of a place it comes from, um, that's how deep of a place you have to be willing to open up. And, and and dig into it in order to uh fully address it. You feel me? So I would say it took me about eighteen months, bro. Um eighteen months of waking up, uh having a combination of uh suicidal thoughts, depressing thoughts, um, thoughts where I wasn't um I wasn't confident in my in my identity uh of of what I was doing or who I had really become. So about eighteen months, bro, that that's something that uh that I had to overcome. And um that season has made it to where now if you've overcome something you then become an expert on how to get through it because you dealt with it you overcame it you are now an expert on how you did it because it's a it's an authentic life experience that you had so i'm thankful at this point that that's something that um that i'm able to relate to others about because i couldn't relate to other people like i told you i was the dude that was smiling all the time mm-hmm. i was the dude that's like bro Life is, you know, life ain't perfect. We ain't rich, but I'm I'm a happy dude, bro, and I like bringing joy to other people. So I wasn't used to being that dude that's like, even if I am smiling, it's a fake smile. You know, it's just me putting on for the cameras or, you know, I don't even want to get out of bed today or tomorrow or the next day. Or I'm driving this car and I'm just thinking, man, if I just turn this wheel to the right six inches, all my problems could be over with and I could just run off the road right now. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I had never been that dude before, dog. Man, I appreciate you for sharing that, man, because um, um, actually on this podcast a couple days ago, I had a brother who talked about literally the same thing. He turned down $40 million. He he said he had an awakening, and in that awakening, it was like he was becoming somebody different. Um, And like you said, man, when you you lose yourself, you begin to create content, and you begin to tailor-make your lifestyle based on a response from the people, and you like, man, what is my mission again? I forgot what my purpose was. And to somebody listening to you who's young, I want you to really talk to them in this next question because a young brother, that's all they want. Man, I, I, I'm trying to get on BET. Man, I'm trying to get on World Star. Man, I, I want to meet T.I. I want to meet Killer Mike. I want to meet all these guys. What you mean you depressed? How you depressing? You got everything you want. Man, I'm coming from the hood. We didn't have nothing. I feel like I made it. And and it's almost like a lot of people who got millions of dollars, they always tell people that, like, bro, I'm not fulfilled by this. But because they got this broke mentality or they come from that lifestyle, they like, dude, you crazy. I will be happy as hell right now. So um, what advice would you give to a young brother who's chasing that? I'm trying to get to the bag. Man, I man, I wish I would. What you mean you turning down deals? But I would, I would sign a deal right now. What What advice would you give to a brother on that path? So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K. To 210-504-4094 will give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. Money is not going to make you happy. Money is not enough to make you happy. Money can make you comfortable. But um, not only have I made a nice amount of money 
But uh, I know a lot of people who have made a lot more than even me. And there's there's no coincidence, bro. These people always say the same thing. Like, money can't buy happiness. Mm. So so don't be a person who has to experience it for yourself um, until it sets in. Like, take heed to the fact that so many people have always said, yo, money alone cannot uh, buy happiness. And that peace that I, that, I, that I do have now, that's something that I want uh, everyone to be able to experience. Now, don't get it twisted. It's great to have peace and to be paid, you right. hear me? And, and, and that's, that's even better when you know that the payment hasn't come uh, at the expense of your integrity. Mm. When you know that the payment has not uh, caused you to make your mama um, embarrassed that you're her son anymore, you know what I mean? Um, when, the, when, the, when the payment has not had to come at the expense of you poisoning the minds of the youth that are listening to you. I saw a young brother, and, man, I love these dudes because I was them at one time, but I saw a young brother um, in my city posting some stuff on Instagram the other day, and he had all the little kids in his hood, probably about 40, 50 little kids all gathered around him singing the lyrics to his song word for word, and the lyrics are full of violence. They're full of hate. They're full of um, saying how he going to kill this person and kill this person. He's selling this much dope and he's sleeping with your baby mama and all this type of stuff. And he was excited and he posted it on the gram because he was just happy that they were singing his lyrics. Right. It's a validation that we all want. You know, I feel the same way when people are singing my lyrics. I feel the same way. But there comes a time in every man's life and hopefully a, a young brother or sister can hear this where the validation is not worth the the poisoning of your people's minds. And that might not matter to you now, but it matters to you when you start to have kids mm-hmm. or it matters to you when your best friend has been murdered and you realize, like, I don't even feel the same rapping these type of lyrics no more because this is the same type of uh, mentality and behavior that just led to my best friend in real life. I just had to bury him, you know what I'm saying, getting killed. Once that starts to hit home and we stop being so numb, we're not going to be all about chasing the money by any means necessary. So, um, so uh, that's what I would tell to anyone, man. And, and honestly, um, you know, making your environment be a product of you, that is, that, is a, that is a battery in the back of any go-getter, of any hustler that'll make you wake up every day and say, bro, I'm excited to go get out on the front lines and do God's work because... I know that this is an uphill battle. So there's never a day. It's impossible for me to be bored because I, I got too much work to do, bro. Like, That's right. I say that all the time. Yeah, bro. It's impossible to be bored. There's too many people who I could either reach through my content so I could musically create, who I could reach through me being a public speaker, um, who I could reach on a one-on-one level, just building with them and mentoring them and, and just you know talking to them through good conversation. There's too much knowledge I can ascertain by reading. It's impossible to be bored when you are filled with purpose. And that's what that's what I would want anyone watching this to, to be able to take away, man. It's like, um, I've been around the biggest rappers in the world who I know still don't sleep well at night because they don't have inner peace. Mm-hmm. They don't. And the money is, and, and also, the money is not something that impresses God. So at the end of the day, we gotta answer to one person. And, and what people don't realize is, like, your bank account is not going to be something that, that God is like, oh, okay, that justifies everything else you, you did wrong in your life was, oh, you made a lot of money while you were doing it. Man, God don't care about that, man. But the world cares about that. So we talking about basketball a lot, right? So in basketball, we know that only one score matters at the end of the game. One score, which is the final score for how many points your team has. So... Imagine if we were playing a game and if dudes were like, look, I don't care what the final score is. I'm just playing so that I have the most personal points at the end of the day. That's not the type of player that a coach will, would want on their team because they realize that you playing a different type of ball. You all in it for self. And we need to start making sure that we identify who's in this world for self versus Who's in this world to make sure that we're putting the right points up on the scoreboard and we in it for the team win? You feel me? 
That's a good point right there, man. That's a great point. Being that you connect with the youth so well, uh, I see when you're doing your videos, you got a lot of them in your videos as well. What advice would you give for people who's trying to connect with the youth? There's a lot of people who say the youth don't listen. Uh, they don't respect their elders. It's hard for me to connect with this uh, particular generation. What advice would you give for connecting with those brothers in the streets? Yeah, to listen as well. Yeah, you have to listen to the youth uh, first. Um, don't try to talk at them or, or talk from a perspective where um, where you are automatically being critical of them, but learn from them. Uh, learn learn why they feel how they feel about life because. All they're doing is opening their eyes as kids and looking at the world around them and taking in a bunch of information. So when you empathize with with that and you understand what they're going through, then the best way to relate to them is when they know that you love them, when a, when a, when a child knows that you genuinely have love for them, they will give you a level of respect and a level of effort um, that they that they wouldn't have given to the next person who just comes comes in and feels like that's what that's what's old to them like y'all supposed to respect me because i'm grown you right. know it's like nah they gotta know you love them first man and uh i mean that shouldn't be hard to 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 show someone but it is hard to show someone you love them if you genuinely don't love them so um everybody needs to bro like like every business has a a target audience and i think that every human being we should also have targets in terms of not who we want to reach, but who we feel best equipped to reach. Because not everyone is going to be able to reach the youth the same way. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, not everyone is going to be able to. So we also have to understand that um, that's, why we, that's why we all in this thing together. Because if the truth is that we're all on the same team, then... If I'm LeBron James, I'm like, look, I'll score 30 tonight, but um, I need JaVale McGee to go and grab 15 rebounds because I'm not going to have time to grab no 15 rebounds today. But if we're on the same team, then I'm cool with that, and we're cool with delegating those duties. So, you know, man, be honest with yourself. But why, why is it so hard to love people? That's just something that um that I that I don't, you know, I don't think a lot of people ask themselves that. Because if it's hard for you to naturally, genuinely have love, for a person who has never done you anything um, before, like y'all don't even have a, a, a history with one another, it shouldn't be hard for you to love with them. And if you lead with love, that's going to allow someone to respond with respect. Well, I know um, in Message to the Black Man, he says one of our major problems is uh, self-hatred. And um, Brother uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan said it's the knowledge of self that produces the love for self. And the love for self produces the respect for self, which makes you want to do for self. And our great brother, Brother Neri, talks about, see, the word brother, you have the root word other in there. So if I feel negative about myself, with you being the other me, I'm going to feel negative about you. And I said Mm -hmm. one time, how can I wake up in the morning and give you some kind encouragement when I get up in the morning and I don't even encourage myself? I look in the mirror and I say, oh, man, look at my look at my nose. Look at my lips. Look at my skin color. Look at where I come from. So if I hate that, when I see you, I'm really treating you how I treat myself inside. Mm-hmm. Cause see, I don't want to harm myself because I'm too coward to do that. So when I see you, let me tease you. Let me let me bully you. And I feel like that's even all the way down to trolls. When people are trolling people who positive and they got these impactful things, I feel like they just haven't found their purpose. And they mm-hmm. haven't found their gift in life. And because I'm miserable, they see they teach us that misery loves company. And so let me pull you down because I got so much self-hatred for myself. So the minister was talking about, you know, envy and jealousy. Once we have love for self and we really appreciate the God within, then I can appreciate the God within you. Because, see, if I'm if I'm jealous of D1 and all the great things that you've done in life, I'm not really jealous of you. I'm jealous of what God has given you because that's the gift of God. And all you're doing is giving it back back to God by living in your purpose and doing what you're supposed to be doing. So I feel like those are uh, the people who have that self-hatred and that, and that uh, lack of love. I think it's because they don't have real love for self uh, knowledge itself and they don't appreciate the gifts that God has given to them. They're too busy worried about how good you rap. Now I want to be rapping like him. And because he got all the followers, let me try to bring him down so I can get some followers. So I think that's the root of that situation. 
uh, I, I want to end it off with this, talking about the independent artist situation, because you did turn down a deal. And there's somebody listening saying, man, I've been trying to get a deal for two years. What you mean he done turned this bad boy down? So as an independent artist, how do you fund yourself? Because we know a lot of times, you know, record labels or deals, they giving you the, the marketing dollars, they giving you this, they giving you that. So as an independent artist, how would you advise somebody to fund themselves? So first of all, any income that I get, I don't instantly turn around and spend it all. Uh, once I have income coming in, I set aside a portion of that income to reinvest into myself as a business. So that's instantly the first thing is 100% of what comes in does not go back out the door. You feel me? That's important. Um, number two is a lot of people fail to to remember that when I first started off as an independent artist, um, I had a job. Mm. Had a five, you know. That's something that a lot of artists. You just said something that almost made me laugh. You said, "Dudes would be like, man, I've been trying to get a deal for two years." It's like, bro, two years is nothing. That's a drop in the bucket in terms of the amount of time that it really takes to 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 build yourself up as an artist. We might hear these one-off stories of a dude saying, "Man, I just started rapping two months ago, and then I made Old Town Road, and it went diamond, and I sold ten million albums." But that's not the norm. You know, that's the exception to the rule. So uh, in the beginning phases, don't have too much pride to get a job. Don't let having 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers on Instagram uh, prevent you from getting a job because you think like, man, I'm too big to need to have a job. It's like my nine to five and the income from that from that stable job that I had actually was able to help fund my rap career, you know, Um I would never advise anyone to have to illegally go and make money. So if you don't have people who believe in you enough to be your investors, then you got to produce your own capital. And through getting a job and through uh, separating your wants from your needs and making sure that you can minimize the amount of uh, amount of expenses that you have. This is where uh, this is where my money came from to start off, man. So, uh, yeah. So for anyone watching this, I would say uh, those are a couple of tips that I have. And then. Subsequently, uh, once you do get your foot in the door and you actually are generating income, then you have to say, yo, if I've, if I've figured out how to make money one way in this industry, let me figure out four more ways in this industry that I can also generate income. So for me, I just had 23 uh, concerts get canceled, upcoming concerts and speaking engagements get canceled because of the coronavirus. Um, that's a lot of money, bro. Uh, you add all that up, that's over six figures, you heard me, um, of, of revenue that is missed out on because of, uh, because of what our world is going through. But I've also realized as an artist that um, that's not the only way that I can make bread. So because I, because I learned that early on, you know, I do have uh, merchandise. You know, I have missionvisionlifestyle.com where I have... Uh, hoodies and t-shirts and caps and, and a whole merch and apparel division, missionvisionlifestyle.com. I have money that comes in from my streams, from my music, because in, as an independent artist, I retain the bulk of all of the revenue that comes in from my streams. You know, um, There are residual streams of income that I have from brand partnerships that are unaffected by by the coronavirus and that still comes in and that's that's good you know um i'm into the stock market so me being into stocks makes it to where i don't have to leave the crib to make smart investments and to be able to generate capital and i learned that because um if you're too top heavy towards just one thing and if that gets taken away as far as that stream of revenue then um you will be in a in a, in a tough position and i just want people to understand we got to uh diversify our portfolios as entrepreneurs you feel me absolutely uh, team wise how do you have a team so uh my team is very 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 small um the team aspect is what is going to be able to allow what i do to exponentially continue to grow because right now we're in a space where we've been experiencing the type of growth that um that has us like busting at the seams, honestly, to uh, you know, to keep up with everything on our own. So right now, I'm going through the 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 space and the phase of um, uh, expansion in a way that that 
that will allow for the growth to continue because um yeah man it's it's tough it's tough it's tough you know what's tough Ben about finding a team it's tough when you are in a for-profit industry but when you have morals values and principles that you don't want to compromise on and because that's part of your brand so it's not all it's not all about profit with me man it's like I want someone's moral compass to be in alignment with mine as well um if we're going to be making money together and that's that's hard to find, but it's not impossible, you know. For our young brothers who growing up with a story and want to rap and they haven't signed a deal or have a manager that understands the business side, how do they uh, sign themselves up to get on like an Apple Music and iTunes and all this stuff so they can start getting paid from their streams? Yeah, so that's extremely easy. So there's multiple sites. There's a site called DistroKid to where you will literally keep 100% of the revenue that is uh, generated from your streams. And you can sign yourself up for that very easy. There's another site called TuneCore uh, to where they take out a very small fee and you keep the lion's share of the profits from your uh, streams. And there's another one called CD Baby um, to where same thing. You can put your own music up there, upload your music straight from your bedroom to the world. You feel me? That's dope. And lastly, man, uh, let's talk about this deal that you turned down, man. What's up with this whole deal that you turned down? Yeah, I turned down a deal a few years ago with Cash Money Records. Um, that's the, you know, that's the biggest label to ever come from uh, my city, New Orleans. And I grew up looking up to those brothers, listening to all their music, bumping their whole catalog. You know, YMCMB. Uh, me coming into the game, I definitely felt like having the cosign of a big artist. Would would uh would make it easier for people to pay attention to me. So who who's bigger than Lil Wayne? You know when you talk about New Orleans. So um, I didn't even pursue it too hard, but they actually came out and reached out to me um, because they saw my buzz and I'm 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 really close with a brother named Manny Fresh down here. Manny Fresh is a legendary producer, and when um when Cash Money started reaching out to me, uh and really courting me and I'm in touch with him every day and eventually flew me out to Miami to come and spend some time and record in the studio with them. Um, it became apparent to me that yeah, it might look good from the outside, but, um, if the, if the synergy is not there and if the same purpose is not there for why we in this industry, eventually we're going to clash and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be detrimental to everything that I've been building because people don't just like my music. Um, they like my heart and they like what I represent and what I stand for and what I'm not afraid to speak up against, you know, as far as um, what's wrong with this world or what needs to change. So once I realized that um, who I align myself with is, is, is just as important as the music I put out, uh, that made it to where... Uh, I realized I, I couldn't I couldn't accept that that offer. You know I, mean? I couldn't take that deal. And I knew once again, a lot of people gonna criticize me. They gonna say, "Man, you miss." I remember this one dude telling me, "Man, you stupid, man. You missed out on your your big shot. You know, uh, trying to trying to be Mister 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 Righteous and, and and just do it your way." And I remember this brother telling me this. This an older dude, an OG, a dude who you would think. Would, would would be championing a decision like that and respecting the integrity it took to do that. And this dude was just critical, man. And um, and the only thing that kept me going was just I had to ask myself, was this a good opportunity or was this a God opportunity? Mm. Because good opportunities come a dime a dozen. Like I got good opportunities right now. My phone and rung four times since we've been on this on this podcast with opportunities, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of good opportunities, but when it's a God opportunity, you have peace about it, and you and you can pray on it, and you can understand how God will be glorified and be utilized, you know, by you taking this step forward. And it wasn't a God opportunity, man. It wasn't a God opportunity. So um, once I realized that, it became easy to say no. That's good, man. Is it a good opportunity? Or God opportunity, man. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you taking your time out, bringing this valuable information. I know for a fact many people are going to get value out of this. Uh, I always let my guests close out with closing words. What would be your closing words for the audience? So my closing words for the audience would be, uh, yesterday is done, 
and tomorrow hasn't come. So win today. Every single day, man. Win today. Literally. Focus on the day. Don't focus on the past or the future. But win the present. You feel me? That matters. And my motto and everything that I do is be real, be righteous, and be relevant. So make sure you keep them threes up and you apply that to everything you do at all times. Strive to be real, be righteous, and be relevant. And where can they follow you on social media? Uh, download your albums, download your music, get your merch and everything like that. On uh, all social media platforms, it's D1 Music, D-E-E, the number one music. Um, on all streaming platforms, you just search D1, D-E-E, dash, the number one, and you'll be able to get my newest album uh, called Garden Girls which is out right now, as well as uh, all my new singles that I've been releasing. I've been putting music out a ton in 2020. So it's on all the streaming platforms, D-E-E-1. And, uh, and my apparel line is, uh, is uh, available at missionvisionlifestyle.com. So that's where y'all can catch me at. And also, man, um, for all of my fans and everything, uh, social media, for whatever reason, bro, social social media is making it harder and harder for us to reach our people. So I'll also tell whoever's watching this that um I'm in a space in life where uh y'all could just text me, you heard me? So you can text me at 504-446-6255, you heard me? Just text me, man, because I'm 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 at the crib, so I got a lot of time, you heard me? So just highlight me. Yes, sir. Man, I appreciate it, brother. Man, look forward to put the work in, uh putting the work in with you. Um, in the future, man, may God bless you with uh, more success and the will to inspire and help our people. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you, and I love what you're doing, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace. Man, Ooh. brothers, man, that's man. Look at this, man. We getting podcast after podcast. I think the most. I mean, he he dropped a lot of jewels in this in this podcast, but is it a good opportunity? Or a God opportunity, man? That was good. I gotta tweet that, man. I gotta tweet that. Is it a good opportunity or a God opportunity? So I thank everybody for listening, man. If you guys would love to support the platform, uh, you can do so by sending a donation via cash app, dollar sign, Brother Ben X. Make sure you go follow the brother on Instagram, on his website, support his merchandise, man. Uh, and I'm going to continue to bring you guys powerful, blacktastic podcasts. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast app that you use. So y'all have a blacktastic day, family. Assalamu alaikum.